Welcome to the Handyman Pros Radio Show, home improvement and maintenance tips from the pros. This episode, what would you do? Thanks for listening to another edition of the Handyman Pros Radio Show, where our goal is to help save you time, money, and aggravation. This edition's entitled, What Would You Do? To help me explain, I'm here with my ever-cheerful co-host and old buddy, John. John, I have been traveling this week, and I have not been working. What have you been working on? Hey, Larry. Yes, uh, I've been, uh, and welcome back, by the way. I uh, have been working uh, at a customer site on uh, some hardwood flooring, as well as some some stairs, uh, some uh, stair issues that they've had. Really? Yeah. So is so. Let's just get clear because we need to. We need the details, right? So we need details. Is this uh, three quarter inch tongue and groove flooring? Is that what it is? <clears throat> yes, it's number one common oak. Uh, that uh, so just like a you know just just to just to make sure that the listeners understand this is an engineered wood that's been uh, uh, finished off in a factory or anything else. This is site finished wood that's uh, you know you you put it in, you nail it down, and then you sand it, stain it, and Voila. Poly it, put yeah. a put a put a cover, you know, some some kind of coating on top of it. Um, how you know, right how old house. is this floor? This, this is about a twenty five year old floor that has not been really touched at all. So it's it's really due for it's really due to to, to be sanded the, the whole thing. Now there's a couple of boards in there that were just awful, that were buckled up and chipped, and I also had a similar situation where I had to have a board removed uh, when they were doing my my flooring. And it was about two feet outside the refrigerator. And really what was going on there is that sometimes the wood is not, um, you know, there's, there's probably some, some voids and faults with the, with the wood itself. But over, over a period of time when people stand in front of the refrigerator and you're pulling on the refrigerator and you might be wearing, you know, so there were some, you know, shoes that, that were grinding into the wood and just it was awful. So they replaced that board. So this is quite common that you would have to replace a board. These things do, you know, they do get bad. And, get the, bad, and the good yeah. news is, good news is you can replace it. Yeah. And, and I just wanted to make an additional comment. So in front of the refrigerator, A, because of the total amount of volume that people do in front of the refrigerators. But the other thing is there's a little bit of condensation. It's a place where things get wet. And wet is never good when it comes to wood, right? We always say that, you know. Yeah, and that—that's right. That's right. And and also once once the wood starts to go a little bit and it starts to deteriorate, then that then that even uh, accentuates that that uh, that issue. Yep. So all right. So you've got you've got a couple of boards you're going to replace. And mm-hmm. what were some of the challenges? What tell? So you're looking at the boards. The first thing that comes to my mind is. Where do I get replacement boards? Like what? Yeah, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> so, this is something that uh, you know for everybody should be aware of. Is if you if you do have a a site finished hardwood floor that I wish that I would have taken <laughs> more, kept more of the of the wood, the pieces the pieces of wood that come in these great big packs that they bring. You know that you can you can buy. Um, because I had a real hard time finding in an individual piece. Now, uh, I'm not a flooring company, so anybody out there that that's listening that runs a flooring company is probably going, "We got tons of that stuff in our truck." Um, but for for the normal person, you know, the handyman out there, 
uh, or the homeowner, uh, th- these things can be quite, uh, you know, I, I had a, I had a little bit of a difficulty finding it, uh, actually. And I went around to a number of places called a lot of places, you know, now I could buy a whole pack of it for a hundred bucks, but I didn't need a hundred bucks. I only needed, you know, uh, maybe, I don't know, five feet of it, five feet, six yeah. feet of it. Five so. linear feet. Yeah. <clears throat> but I, I do, ha- I do have a comment to make, you know, that fire that we had at your house back when you built your house, it was awesome. You know, just, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that oak, that oak burns really, really well. well that's I the, will tell that's you, the world's you know, most expensive fireway. You know, it's kind of funny you say that because I did have a neighbor that was in the flooring business and uh, we did a, we did a pig uh, roast one time, you know, we put a pig in the ground and stuff and, and he brought over a whole truck full of scrap lumber of from scrap oak. Jobs. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's it great was, firewood. It was awesome. That's <laughs> great. It's great firewood. So yeah. anyway, sorry about that. Um, so yeah. anyway, so, so tell us how did you eventually find the single boards or that five feet worth of wood that you were looking for? Well, the, the, the homeowner, uh, as, as I was looking in one direction, uh, she was looking in another direction, quite smart was to, um, uh, put out a little message on the message board, uh, at one of these, uh, these apps, you know, neighborhood apps called uh, Nextdoor. Yep. And sure enough, uh, and I thought, hey, this is brilliant because people have this stuff all over the place and they probably just want to get rid of it. You know, get it out of my garage, out of my basement, because I've got a lot of wood down in my basement that I really don't use and if anybody want, but... Um, you just didn't have it, any oak flooring. Yeah, That's I just all. didn't have the oak flooring of all the things. Right. And uh, so, and I actually built my bar out of oak flooring and... Um, you know, so I didn't even have scraps of it left, but you know, somebody, sure enough, somebody had it, and uh, she went over and uh, <clears throat> picked up a uh, picked up a, uh, a bunch of it, actually. Yeah, a couple of pieces. So that's <clears throat> so that's kind of <throat> awesome. But part of that tip is is well, one of the tips is if you are having a floor put in a brand new floor, keep do keep some of it. Now, you know, you can get carried right, away, right. and you don't have to carry. You know, you don't need seventy five <clears throat> board feet of it, but keep you know keep ten or twelve feet of it because there is a point eventually where you're going to need it. And one thing I've noticed on any kind of site finished floor, actually, really any floor, even even LVT, you know, we notice this in LVT. Different batch lots have different colors. You know, that's, they're oh, well, very that's, slight, but they have different colors. No, absolutely, that's going to happen. Now, fortunately, with with oak, um, you know, something like this. Yes, there's going to be a difference, but you know, since it's sanded and everything, you can pretty much blend it in. But you're absolutely right with an engineered floor uh, that you know you kind of either and I'll and I'll say well, not, you know, click together or you, you it's, it's still maybe three quarter inch tongue groove and you're nailing it down, but it's pre finished. Yep. Which those products are fantastic these days. Yep. Uh, honestly, those things are are great because you can't get the the, the type of coating on a floor that you finish off in your house like they can in the factory under under the amount of pressure that they put those things under. So they're very tough. But you should keep some of that wood because you're absolutely right. The batches and the lots uh, will vary. Right. So, um, you know, to get an exact match and, you know, keep some of those boards around. I know it's a, kind of a pain to, to push that stuff around every now and again, but uh, you'll be happy you had it. At you'll, some you'll, you'll be happy maybe. when you need it. Yeah, is exactly <laughs> it. Stick it up in the rafters or something, and, yeah, and keep exactly. a couple of them. So, all right. So you've got. So now you've got the materials. You've got. You know. You obviously you've identified what needs to be repaired. You've identified a number of uh, the amount that you needed. You've obtained the material. So now you've got to remove the board. Right. Right. So what's the process? Well, I I watched them. 
do mine. And of course, they have some specific tools for that, uh, some some saws, but you can do this with a circular saw and be able to just take the saw, you know, set set the depth to the board itself and saw up the middle of the board lengthwise. And of course, not cutting the adjacent boards, uh, but getting very, very close. That's what I did. And then be able to just take a, uh, a chisel and you know, take take the rest of the uh, you know. Be careful and, and just chisel the board apart in half, and you can pick it up. Now, just note that you know the one side, the tongue side is going to have some some nails in it, and you're just going to uh, you know pop pop those nails pop those nails out. So, folks, if you've never seen real, I call it real hardwood floors put down, or real tongue and groove three quarter inch hardwood boards put down, what they do is they have a they have a flooring nailer. It is actually a nailer. It's you today they're pneumatic. They used to be manual, but today they're pretty much pneumatic. They hook it to an air hose, and it, what it is is it's like a handle, and it sits at a it. it it sits at a 45-degree angle, and they take a mallet, and they hit the top of this thing. And what it does is it pushes the tongue and groove board together, and at the same time, it shoots right. a nail through at a 45-degree angle right at the base of the tongue of the of the wood and drives it down into the subfloor. And what that does is that allows for, a, for, the, for the hardwood boards, the tongue and groove part, to be very tight. So it makes it very, very tight when you join it together, and it nails it to the floor. So on... Almost all what we call real, what I call real hardwood floors. That's how they're attached together. If they have right. a subfloor, right? So yeah. this is what when John describes this that you're going to have nails in it. You're going to have nails on one side because the other side actually has a nail above it that you won't take off. And so that's where we're at with that. So understanding how the floor goes down originally will help you with this repair. So where are we at now, John? So you've cut it out and you've you've chiseled the you've you've broken out right. the parts of the board and yeah, you've you got see- it out. Yep. Yeah, so you're break. Yeah, you're basically breaking that. You're you're cutting it, breaking it in half, you know, and picking out picking out the pieces. So now we. So now you're left with a with a hole, <laughs> with a regular, you know. But you know, notice n- note that the uh, the you know the the tongue and groove might still be might still be there right from the old one. Um, you know, it depends upon what board you took out, and um, so. You have to, uh, you know, cut cut a new piece. And what I did was I cut a I cut a new piece to the exact dimension, and I actually sanded the board down. You're gonna have to sand it, sand all this stuff down, um, you know, so it can take the stain. And of course, it's just it's fit like finishing any type of wood. And then I had to chisel off the uh, I had chisel off the tongue. And be able to get this thing back back in. So not the not the front. I had I left the front tongue in, so it would it would meet up with the with the board I was doing. So I I put that push that in, put this one down, and just you know you could use a rubber mallet or whatever and, and knock this thing into uh, into place. Yeah, and it's tight, isn't it? it it's, <laughs> yeah, very very tight. It's surprisingly tight. Now I will tell you because it, you know you. <clears throat> there's going to be a difference in humidity with new boards and old boards. So that, uh, that can offer a little bit of a challenge, but, um, you know, you, you can, you'll figure it out when you, when you start to, to try to match it up, you know, and in this case, these were two and, uh, and a quarter inch boards. Okay. So fairly narrow then. Yeah. And so, all right. So you put them in, so you pushed them, you basically, did you take a, did you use a mallet to knock them down in? Yes. Okay. So you malleted them down in. Did you do anything else? 
So after I've after I got down, so now you've got I've got a sanded board actually, um, because I didn't want to sand it when it was in there because I'm going to scratch up all the adjacent boards, right? Uh, by just being you know sl- a little sloppy with a sander, but um, and then I actually I actually shot some brads through it right from the top. That's what they did on, on my floor. Um, the brads that I used actually buried themselves deeper into the the oak than the than the guys that did my floor. Uh, which I can see the nail heads. Um, but what I did was, um, I mean, you can barely see them, but you know, it's still there. This, this sunk itself in that, 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 uh, that pneumatic nailer, or the ones that we have, uh, really work great. And I shot that thing down with, I think, I think it was about a, a two inch brad in just a couple of places just, to, you know, to hold it there. And that, uh, you know, I, I filled in, I filled in those holes. I, you know, I, I kind of just bit, was real careful and sanded it. I taped it up around the uh, the perimeter of it with some uh, some blue tape, <clears throat> so I wouldn't scratch the other floors. So I kind of resanded it. I puttied those holes up, and now I'm ready to uh, you know mix up some stain uh, to to match the uh, the old floor, which was a real challenge, by the way. So just just backing up just mm-hmm, a bit. So if sure. some, if somebody doesn't have a pneumatic stapler or a pneumatic gun, right, like we do. What if they were using hand nails? What would you do? I mean, if they were using hand finishing nails, you would tell them to put the hand in. Would you tell them to set it with a nail set? Absolutely. <clears throat> get, yes, absolutely. You want to get that get that underneath the uh, uh, the surface of the uh, of the wood. And then I you, will tell you that a, a round finishing nail sometimes these round nails can be a little bit of a challenge on a on a floor that that will move. You know, so most of the nails that they do use are kind of like a T shaped on yeah. the top. Yep. So so set that down and then just use a little wood putty over the top. Then you re-sanded it. You put tape around the edges just to keep it keep it clean so the sander didn't hit it. And then you mixed up the pot so you mixed up the stain. How so you were going there, but how hard is it to do that stain? <laughs> is it like well, paint? <laughs> Let's go there. Is it like yeah, paint? So okay, so here's a here's a here's a tip. If you're gonna do this, folks, and uh now if you have something uh that's it's a real challenge for you, and, and you kind of struggle with stain. Now, I have I have a whole variety of stain, so I get to I can play with it. But if you go to a, a uh, an upper scale paint store, they are very good at matching stain. It usually, it'll take them. You know, if you bring in the old piece of wood, it'll take them about twenty four hours to match up the stain. But they're very good at doing it. And then you have you know an exact you know a really exact match. But I got very, very, very close because I remember the color that they put down on my floor initially. But over time, you know, it did it did it worked. It, I mean, very close. The problem was this floor was so old that, you know, the old uh, top coat, the old poly was yellow. Yeah. And back then yep. they would use, you know, and, and they still do. But the, you, an oil based poly and oil based polys will will turn start to, to, to turn yellow over time. So, you know, this floor really was showing was showing its age. And, and uh, so, well, you know, that's sounds like you and me. That's I mean, right. <laughs> we're certainly not. That's the, right. Uh, we're certainly not the men we were 25 years ago. Let's just put that's it that right. way. You know, 
Some I personally think we're like fine wine. We actually get better with age, but <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Um, yeah, so we we always kind of chide. We, we chide ourselves. We both, John and I, hate doing like trying to match stuff because it's really difficult. I've always found it to be almost impossible to match colors or uh, like in this case stains, but, but paint colors and things, even with the exact paint. It kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier where we said about batch colors and things. You can even put the same paint on the wall and it's the same batch and it still doesn't look right because it's got you know a year and a half of, of wear on it right. if you want to call it that but stain is even worse this is 25 year old stain but it came out it came out super it came close. out really good now the yeah. good news the good news about a floor is you're usually you know at least five and a half feet to six and a half feet away from it at any one time really when you're walking <laughs> so you really don't you really don't see it um you know and you can get it. I got it so close that if I didn't tell you which boards, you probably wouldn't notice. Right. Um, now, I'm going to go back and, and I'm going to put some some clear poly on it because it can't, it can't you know, just have stain on it. It's got to be sealed up. But it's going to look a little different now. What I've done in the past is when I fix and we had a segment on this before on fixing scratches and floors, but this 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 uh, this kind of this trick kind of still works. Is that I've taken an um, just kind of a uh, what what was it a Scotch Brite pad yep. and you know I would put the stain down and see how the stain matched the or not I mean the uh, the poly and I and I'd see how the poly matched the the uh, surrounding poly. So even if it was a mat. Uh, not gloss, not satin or whatever, but, you know, if it was a little off on the on the gloss of the poly, you could, you know, kind of adjust it with just taking this and lightly dusting that just to knock the gloss off of it to match the surrounding poly, if that's the case. Yeah, basically make scratch it up like people have been walking just, on it for 25 just, years, you know, right? You know, just, 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 the, just, a buff, yeah. just a buff it, just, you know, just a little bit, you know. You get a little finesse going. It's a little bit of an art, but you get it. And it, and it you know, when I fix my floor uh, – you 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 can't even tell. I mean, it's uh, it just came out perfect. But so that's what I'll be doing. I'll be doing over uh, over here as well when I uh, when I go back because I have to fix some balusters um, that the dogs in the in the house had chewed up along the the railing going on up to the second the second story, uh, the second floor, and um, so 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 all right. So so that basically finishes up the project. Is that correct? Yeah, pretty much. I was really, and the and the homeowner was really happy with the way it came out. I mean, it just was, you know, like a brand, you know. And I think they're, <laughs> you know, the way it came out came out so good. You know, you get to thinking, huh, maybe I'll redo the whole floor. But then now you, you know, <laughs> no. right? You know, so you know, you keep going right. But now you're talking about you know a ten thousand dollar project. So right, right. So but, uh, uh, so a couple more questions. So what about how long? So you replace what about five linear feet? You said. Right. Right. Was it a single board or was it two boards? I thought it was two. It was, there it was, was two, two boards. boards. Okay, so you replaced two boards. Um, how long did this project take you? Um, this project took me. Yeah, I think it was about two and a half hours. Okay. So if you're so if you're a novice, you've never done it before. Probably what three three and a half hours. Yeah, like I mean, that. so I let, let me let me just say this. I'm I'm not I'm not in the flooring business. I'm not the you know the flooring the, the flooring professional out there. And and there really is a an art to putting down floor, and especially the way you sand it. Right. That's a whole other th- that's a whole other show there. But um, 
So I kind of took my time to do it. The guy that did it here, when he replaced my board, I watched him and he, you know, I mean, he just zipped it right out, busted it right out and just put one back in and in no time. Uh, so, you know, if, if anybody out there is in the flooring business, I, I know, I know I've seen you guys work, so <laughs> I, I get it. But for the rest of us that haven't done it and we're just DIYers and, uh, you know, handyman stuff that, uh, that don't do it all the time. Uh, you know, I've, I figured out a couple hours to be, to be careful. And, and, um, so I didn't scratch up the rest of the floor because I wasn't going to redo the whole floor. Right. So, so figure, so a couple, two and a half, two and a half, three hours or so you need a circular saw. Um, you need chisel, chisel, um, some finishing nails and, and then what, some staining pads and things like that. Just in a little bit of sandpaper. I just, you can just use a rag and some, and some stain. Uh, I think that, I think the thing that's going to take you, the thing that took me the longest. Okay. Uh, was number one finding the wood. Finding yep. <laughs> now, if you have that, no problem. But I think in the in the scheme of things, is 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 the matching is matching the stain. Yep. All right. Well, awesome. So, and then the one last tip that we said is if you have your floors or if you're redoing your floors in general, keep some extra, right? So so that you don't have that hard problem because you spent hours. I know you you called me. Or you're like, do you know where you can get you know a single couple boards of? And I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> I I I was I actually was I actually was a little uh, amazed that you could not you know that I couldn't find uh, you know any loose pieces of, uh, of, of hardwood floor. The, what, what's what this was is number one common red oak. Right. And it was I, I was just amazed. Um, so. Uh, just kind of word to the wise out there to, to do this, to make sure you can, you can find some, you know, and some, some of the listeners out there, you know, please, you know, email us if there's a trick to finding some of that. I'm, you know, I'd, I'd love to, I'd love to know and, and, and dispense that kind of information back out to the, you know, listening audience, because that, that was one of the things that really, that, like I said, was, uh, I could, um, you know, taken aback by that. It took me that long to find that. Well, Perfect. You know what I think? I think the spaceship has landed. And what kind of guy are you, Larry? What kind of guy? Tell us. Uh, you got do, a kind do of we guy look at it, it? Huh? or do are we take it guy apart? That looks in it, or are you gonna what? I'm gonna take it apart. I'm gonna figure it out. There you go. There you go, buddy. So, folks, we've got a bunch of listeners from all around the country and actually all around the world, and we just want to give a shout-out to all of us that have – there are all of those people that have sent us emails at questions at handymanprosradioshow.com. We want to shout-out Keith and James and Stacy and Cindy and Preston and a bunch of other people, everybody that sent it. If we haven't gotten to your email yet, we are working on it as fast as we can, but please keep those emails coming. We really appreciate it. Um, it also spurs our ideas about – things that happen in other parts of the country because if you don't know it we live in in Atlanta and Atlanta has different concerns now we both grew up in the north so we get the kind of the northern thing but um, it certainly gives just it spurs ideas for us so if, if you do have any questions send us a question at handyman pros radio show or it's questions at handyman pros radio show.com and we'll get to it so speaking of that from the email bag at questions at handyman pros radio show.com we received an email from Jim Jim asks can you send me 200 bucks for bail 
what is this? One of your friends there, Singer? It's got to be. The local, from the local lockup? <laughs> from the local lockup. No, just kidding. Not again. Not again, right. Jim told us that he's traveling for an, ex- an extended period of time. What tips can you give for maintaining the house while he's gone? So we didn't get an idea of what his extended period of time, what that actually meant. But we're going to talk about things like, we're going to do, we'll, we'll answer the question for Jim about, things that are going to be like at least two weeks, maybe longer. And then we kind of spun down this road of if you had, if you happen to have a second house and say you were going to winterize it for the winter. So some of the biggest things, in my opinion, you have to worry about is water, right, John? Absolutely. Yeah. So we've mentioned this before, but, and and I would say do this even if you're going to be gone for a week, but go up to the street and turn your water off, turn it off at the meter. We've said that one before. We've said it several times, but nothing uh, says restful sleep, like knowing that if a pipe burst, there's no water coming out of the tap, right? Nothing says that better than turning the water off. But um, in an associated fashion, John, have you ever had a house or have you ever been into a house that's been that the, the P traps have dried out? I have, and it's not a pleasant uh, it's it's not a pleasant arrival when you get in there, and it's something that's uh, that is avoidable. And what we're talking about is the p traps underneath every every sink, sink uh, showers, any and anything that uh, where the water's running out of. And there's a and it's a and there's like a gooseneck under there that that keeps water in it so that the sewer gas does not back up into your into your house. So the water is a, a kind of a safety valve for that. So one of the quick indicators that that might have happened is you'll get these little black flies, and they're actually called sewer flies, and you will see them flying around in your bathrooms or wherever that trap happens to be it happens in the laundry room every once in a while but they're these little black flies and they they, they're very unique they look like sewer flies but anyway look them up online you know google sewer flies and you'll see them but that's one indication so john how do we fix that problem yeah so there's a there's a few things now i did this at uh at my parents house i had to leave that um up in chicago for extended period of time and i say extended that was i think two months um but you know, there's 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 some there's some tricks to, to doing this now. This is what I did was number one is that I I actually covered the toilet bowl with saran wrap um, so that it was, you know, it, it reduced the evaporation of the of the water in there because, you know, there's a there's a lot of water in there and it's it has a lot of surface area, actually. And it'll it'll evaporate rather rather quickly. Faster than you think. Yeah. It fast. Oh, yeah. Faster than you think. Uh, the other thing is, is that you can put in a couple of uh, teaspoons of uh, vegetable oil down the drain. So that vegetable oil is going to float to the top of the water, and it won't evaporate like the water. So it kind of seals the water in there too. Yeah, it actually so forms enough. a very thin film over the top. That's right, and and that's it actually right. it becomes I don't want to say solid, but it's very it's it's impermeable to air, is what it is. Yeah, but, yeah. So it it really does protect that water barrier in the in this uh, in this p trap that we talked about. Yep. And, and that's one of the simplest things you can do. But do remember to do it in all your P-traps. And remember, there's a P-trap wherever water drains off of anything. So uh, laundry, um, sinks, showers, all of that stuff. And it's just a, a quick, you know, a quick little thing. And so we used to actually have to close a place up for the wintertime. So we actually winterized a place. And what we did, because we turned the heat off and the electric off, we actually poured antifreeze, real antifreeze, yeah. just that you get out of the car, antifreeze or windshield wiper fluid, either or, but usually we used antifreeze because where we lived, it was really cold. And so we'd pour antifreeze into the traps. And that was something that we did. We didn't use a lot, but we used enough to keep the traps um, 
antifreeze. And that also kept the sewer gas. It does not evaporate very rapidly. Right, that's true. And, and so if you're going to be gone and you're going to turn your heat off, if you're truly winterizing a place, adding a little antifreeze. You can go to an RV store. They have environmentally friendly stuff now. Back in the day, this was back in the 70s. They did not ha- not have environmentally friendly stuff. But there's plenty of environmentally environmentally friendly products. Go to an RV store. They'll tell you to winterize because it's the same thing when you have an RV. you got to winterize it. Um, got to do that. So, yeah, coming home to a broken toilet's not a whole lot of fun when it's actually mm-hmm. when it's frozen and cracked the whole toilet, right, um, is what you have to do. Um, what else do we say? Um, you said you had a good one, John. You said put change the batteries in your thermostat if you so have to. That's one of the things. So now we didn't turn the electricity off. So there's a couple of things, you know, that I I was, um, you know, just making sure that the the thermostat had fresh batteries so that it would continue to uh, to heat. Now, of course, the heat would be turned way down. But you, you know, if the thermostat went out and I was away, you know, or uh, power that would not not a not a good thing. So that was yeah. just a little peace of mind. So if you leave the electricity on uh, for you know the house and you're and you're really kind of going into a stasis, you know, of that where you're not really doing much with it. But um, you know, from a from a heating perspective. Uh, if you will, and that was the main thing um, when you're up up north. Just want to keep the keep the home home warm so that nothing busts and uh, those kind of things. But uh, that was that was one of the things that I did. I, I will tell you that um, I also had a car up there, um, and one of the things is that if you leave a car for an extended period of time, the battery's going to go. And you know, for twenty five bucks, you can get a trickle charger and stick it on the on your car or on your lawnmower. So you know, for those people that do have homes that are you're leaving and you know for an extended period. You know, this is also a good, a really good idea to to do. So you don't come home to a, to dead batteries. Yeah, we do the same. We use solar chargers for the same reason, um, both on on any any vehicle that we don't run on a regular basis, which includes boats and stuff like that. Put a solar charger on it. That way, you're you're just keeping the battery yep. warm, and that that's, that's and that it. helps it last. You know, tremendously longer. One of the other things on your house too is you know make sure you have your mail picked up. Have a neighbor or something come either pick up your mail or 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 have it stopped. Have it stopped. Have it forwarded. Um, you know, any, any of those kinds of things, have somebody, if you can have a friend or something, check on it. If you're going to be gone for a really long time, have somebody check on it every once in a while. Just, yes. just eyeball it. You know, that's all yeah, you So need. that's another, so these days, you know, you know, Larry, you can, yeah, I would recommend that people get a couple, you know, if they don't already have it, get a couple of cameras. Yep. If you, if your electricity is still on, it doesn't take anything to run a, you know, your Wi-Fi within your, within that place. And most, most houses have that. And now you've got a camera, and you can take a look at everything. And you can see your neighbors picking up their packages. No, that happens, <laughs> that, that happens at our house all the time. We Where we live, it's a long story, but we share a driveway. So forever, we get the neighbors' packages. They walk in on the camera. They wave. Yes. Yeah, right. That's it. So any, any other tips, John? Uh, you know, the other thing is it's just uh, I always uh, would, put, uh, would put timers on the lights. Timers on the lights. That's a good one. Or, or today, if you're internet connected, turn them on and off on a regular basis. Yep. You know? Or get some solar lights or or whatever, but yep. uh, you know some, something like that. But you know, t- t- I took care of that house from that perspective, and I never had a I never had an issue with it. Right. All right. So I hope that answers your questions, Jim. If if anybody has any comments on that, please don't again hesitate to send us an email about that. If there's other ideas, because we will mention them on the air. But those are just some ideas that have worked for both John and I. We you know, and not that we travel a lot, but we've traveled enough. You know, we've been out in a, in a while, and we do know some of the things that happen. So 
Once again, questions at handymanprosradioshow.com. Ladies and gentlemen, if you've enjoyed this podcast and have derived some value from it, here's four things you can do. One, tell your friends about this podcast. Two, hit subscribe on your podcast player. While you're there, leave us a review. Three, subscribe to our newsletter by going to handymanprosradioshow.com and click on the subscribe button. We'll inform you of upcoming events, shows, and give you actionable tips for maintaining your home and property. And four, send us an email with your questions to questions at handymanprosradioshow.com. That's handymanprosradioshow.com. That's our show for this week. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week on the Handyman Pros Radio Show.